Okay, we got some significant news on the COVID vaccine front to discuss on this Tuesday afternoon. Pfizer has asked Health Canada for approval of its kids' vaccine. And for more on that, let's welcome in Dr. Gerald Evans, who is with Queen's University, and he joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio. Dr. Evans, nice to have you back with us, and good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, what do we know about this uh, Pfizer vaccine uh, for kids and this application for approval from Health Canada? Well, uh, we've got some pretty good, robust data on how well it works in kids, and they've also got safety data that's now gone into uh, the regulator at Health Canada uh, to have a look at. So um, uh, this is information that's been fed to Health Canada on a continuous basis. So hopefully they'll be able to look at this in the next few weeks and make a decision. Uh, It looks very effective in children, and that's, of course, what we usually typically see with with most vaccines in, in, uh, in kids. Yeah, is the results are they similar to those in uh, you know older age older age groups uh, over twenty five? Are the results similar for kids? Yeah, very much so. Uh, the the one interesting thing though is that um, as is typically the case, children develop even higher levels of these neutralizing antibodies, which sort of fight off the virus uh, in, at higher levels than we see in adults. But that's pretty typical for most uh, vaccines. Uh, children always develop more robust what we call immunogenic responses uh, than most adults do. Okay, and is the Pfizer vaccine for kids, is it essentially, uh, for lack of a better description or term, the same recipe as that for adults, but they just get a smaller dosage? Yeah, you got it. That's exactly it. Uh, the The dose of mRNA in the adult vaccine for the Pfizer vaccine is 30 micrograms, and in the pediatric formulation, it's 10 micrograms, but it's delivered in the same vehicle with these little lipid nanoparticles. All right. And how important is this, the development and approval of a kid's vaccine when it comes to fighting the virus and in particular here in the fourth wave? Oh, huge. Because right now, uh, children under the age of 11 are the largest group of unvaccinated persons we have in our society. And, and you know, I think everyone's been very anxious to really get the vaccine rolled out into that group to protect them, of course, but also to contribute to the rising rates of immunization, which are going to afford us uh, a degree of herd immunity. Okay. Is this the final link to get towards a herd immunity and back to normal or whatever the new normal is going to look like? Is this kind of the final phase or final step? Well, in my opinion, it's it's pretty well the final step. I mean, we're, we still have uh, many people who don't want to get vaccinated. They may be unable to be vaccinated or they may choose not to be. But this is such an important group to be able to immunize. Uh, and I think that will really get us into that uh, sort of final lap of the race, if I can call it. Okay. And you talk about, uh, you know, people being hesitant to get uh, vaccinated. What about those parents out there right now listening to us and uh, a little hesitant about uh, giving a uh, vaccine that's just been approved uh, to their kids? What would you say to them? Well, I would say that, you know, this has gone through some very robust clinical trials. We've been very careful, uh, you know, the company and the investigators to look at the safety issue with this vaccine. It appears to be uh, safe in children, uh, much as it is safe in adults. Uh, and I think that's usually the overriding concern when pa- when parents are looking at whether to get their kids vaccinated or not. But I would hope and think that most parents are going to say, I want to protect my child. I want to make the right, best decision. And um, in my view, my opinion, this is a good decision to take this vaccine. And uh, hopefully the percentage of people who, uh, of parents who get their kids vaccinated um, will be very high because that's all going to, it's going to benefit all of us. And I think you mentioned a moment ago, this might be a matter of weeks before approval. Is this something uh, Health Canada would and should put a priority on? Yeah, I'm, I'm very convinced that Health Canada is doing exactly that, prioritizing uh, vaccines and treatments 
uh, when data is available to the regulators has been really at the forefront. Uh, they've been very responsive, and uh, I fully expect that this has high priority with, with the Health Canada regulators. Joined on the line by Dr. Gerald Evans, infectious diseases specialist with Queen's University. Also, Dr. Evans, this afternoon, wanted to discuss a boosters or a third shot with you. And first off, is there a growing need, do you think, uh, here in this country, in Canada, for a third shot or a booster? Well, one of the great things, uh, Jeff, is that, of course, as you know, we had longer intervals between first and second doses for a large number of people who got the vaccine. I myself, as a healthcare worker, I was nine weeks between my first and second shot. And what we know is that longer interval gives you a longer, more durable response than a short interval of only three to four weeks. So for many, many Canadians, uh, the uh, issue of getting a booster right now is, is still being put off for good reason, because we still have very high uh, antibody levels which protect us from infection. However, if you got the, the uh, vaccine uh, first two doses very early after rollout and within a short interval, those are the people right now that we're beginning to target. And so those are a lot of individuals in long-term care. And of course, there are people who have disorders of their immune system created by either uh, an underlying disease or a medication that they've had. And those people are also being uh, keyed for boosters at the moment uh, with each province sort of rolling out boosters as uh, they become available. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to vaccine efficacy, if you got your shots, let's say uh, over the summer, eight weeks uh, apart, uh, do we know when you might be in need of a booster? Is it sometime in the new year or is that something that uh, we're still learning about? Well, I would say looking at the data that we have from uh, Israel, the UK, who uh, had some early vaccination uh, protocols, even uh, if you got uh, those vaccines with a short interval, it looks like at about nine months is when that might be the time frame to get a booster. But with our longer interval, I would say we may be even looking at nine to 12 months. So it may very well be that one year between uh, booster shots uh, is an entirely reasonable thing to do, especially with, you know, middle-aged, younger adults, and, and even the young elderly uh, that got the vaccine. And there's also been some talk, Dr. Evans, about uh, boosters, uh, why they are not being reformulated or tweaked a little bit to maybe better manage or battle some of the variants, in particular the uh, Delta variant. Is that something that researchers are, are actively looking at, do you know? Yes, absolutely. That's a great question, Jeff. So Moderna for sure is trialing a uh, tweaked, if you want to call it, vaccine that's more specific for Delta. But I would really emphasize to, to people who are listening, the current vaccines work very effectively against Delta. Delta had mutations that increased its transmissibility, but they didn't do very much to vaccine efficacy. And if you can the effectiveness of these vaccines against Delta versus Alpha, uh, they're, they're minusculely small and really clinically irrelevant. These vaccines provide good protective immunity and in many cases sterilizing immunity, even from the Delta variant. So uh, I think it's an important path to pursue. And I know uh, Pfizer and Moderna both have been doing some tweaking of their mRNA uh, sequences to get at some of these variants. But at the moment, it's really not a huge issue. Okay, is that a battle or a race that we can win, though, when it comes to uh, tweaking the uh, vaccines? Because as we know, it's Delta right now, but, uh, you know, viruses uh, mutate. There's different uh, variations, different variants uh, all of the time. Is it possible really to kind of tweak or, or cover every different variant of a virus? Well, the speed at which you can tweak these mRNA vaccines is incredible. We're basically told that it takes about six weeks to come up with a new vaccine with a different variance uh, messenger RNA sequence. So that's really the incredible uh, power of these mRNA vaccines. So if a 
uh, vaccine escape variant were to arise, one that wasn't covered by our vaccines, it wouldn't take us very long to um, uh, the companies at least that have the mRNA vaccines, very long to be able to produce um, an, a vaccine that would be effective against such a variant. But I can emphasize more and more that, you know, even the worst looking variants that we saw, probably beta, which was the, the one that arose originally in South Africa, our vaccines still work, even though that one looked like it had more immune escape than the other variants. So uh, I'd be very reassured at this point. All right, Dr. Evans, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much uh, for all of the great information. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jeff. You bet. Dr. Gerald Evans is an infectious diseases specialist with Queen's University talking about uh, Pfizer applying for approval of a children's vaccine with uh, Health Canada. And also, as you just heard there about uh, boosters and the possible uh, growing need to uh, tweak them for different variants such as Delta. We'll get a break here on Global News Radio. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.